where's the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Spring is in the air and Dirt Cheap is in your neighborhood ready to deliver the perfect drinks to your doorstep. That's right. All of Dirt Cheap's convenient locations now offer delivery of their wide selections of beers, wines, and all the spirits you need. And if you're like me, nothing hits better in the springtime than a nice weeded bourbon. Ask the friendly staff at Dirt Cheap about their selection of weeders like Maker's Mark, Larceny, and so many others. Download the Dirt Cheap app and order curbside or delivery. Have fun, but be careful out there. You know that Greg Amzinger is lead anchor for MLB Network. You know that he is a Cardinal fan, being a native of St. Louis. You know that he went to Lindenwood University. And now you should know that he is an avowed fanboy of Albert Pujols, whom he worked with last night on MLB Tonight. Greg is with us now on 101 ESPN. And I don't think I've ever seen you beam like you did last night when when you worked with Albert Pujols for the first time on MLB Tonight. It was amazing. Yeah, it was the most unprofessional I've ever been. <laughs> um, everyone could see the bias just ooze out of me. The, the whole day was a dream. Like, I, I I woke up, and I knew that this was the Pujols day, right? And I'd been excited about it and been texting my friends about it. And, 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 and it was like the entire day was a dream. I woke up, I went outside, and it was like a haze, right? Like there was this, like, like smoke everywhere. It was like <laughs> I was living in an actual dream I see where I was going. It was the most incredible experience. I knew it was all about me and all about the fact that I was working with Albert Pools, which it was a dream come true. He was amazing. He's so excited to enter this chapter of, of his life. And uh, it was great to hang out with him and reconnect and then have fun talking baseball. It was great. It was fantastic. And we advise everybody to tune into MLB tonight to see and hear the uh, the great words of Albert Pools. Greg is going to be with me on Sunday night on the 101 on Sports on Fox 2, and then you'll be able to see it on 101ESPN.com. But Greg, you made a comment the other day as we recorded that show about the evolution of the Tampa Bay Rays. And I think we all have a perception because we don't watch a lot of the Rays. Nobody watch, even in Tampa, they don't watch a lot of the Rays. But I, 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 I want you to tell people about the, the evolution of the Rays because I think there's still a perception out there that they're all analytics. It's, it's not the case now. We're, we're fresh off a day where they, they went with a bullpen game, which teams do. They began that trend. They began the, the trend of overshifting with Joe Madden. Everyone thought that he was some sort of profit for doing that. They, they had uh, two outfielders bringing an outfielder when the game was on the line and had extra infielder. They've always done these extreme tactics that would give them a statistical advantage. Well, here comes 2023, and what do the Rays do? They go, oh, wait a minute. We don't have to do that anymore. Oh, wait a minute. We've always had to do things like that because our payroll is bottom five in the sport. And then he looks around, they're like, wait a minute. One through nine, we have a better lineup than everybody else. One through five in a rotation, we have a better rotation than everyone else. We've got bullpen arms for days. We've always had that. We can develop and, and kind of you know eyeball who's good for our bullpen. They just decided, let's go old school and beat the crap out of everybody every single day with the continuity. They went old school on us. It was the greatest rope-a-dope of all time. They are the most traditional baseball team going. You know every single night that Yanni Diaz is going to lead off. 
then you know that's going to be Randy Rosarena in the top third of that lineup. You're going to see Harold Ramirez batting in the middle of that order. You're going to see Josh Lowe move up and down the lineup, but he's playing every single day. This team has continuity. They've got the best starting pitcher in baseball in Shane McClanahan. If everyone was healthy in the rotation, if they, if they had Jeffrey Springs healthy, if Drew Rasmussen was healthy, with Glasnow back, they would have a one through five. And by the end of the year, they're not going to have bullpen games and openers. They did that stuff because they had to. Now, the, the smartest organization in baseball recognizes that the best way to win is to have the best lineup continuity every day, the best one through five rotation every day, and bullpen roles that are actually ironed out before the night begins. So they have acknowledged the smartest organization in baseball that the traditional way of beating another team's brains in is the best way to beat another team's brains in. And now we've just realized that following the Rays down a rabbit hole was something no one else really had to do. They had to do it. Now they don't, and they're the best team in baseball. Greg, the uh, Cardinals get today off, but they have a three-game stretch against the uh, Cincinnati Reds, and the Reds just brought up one of their top prospects, one of the top prospects in all of baseball, in Ellie De La Cruz. What do you see from him? And, and I've heard comparisons of him as a uh, Eric Davis at shortstop. Is he that, or is he even better? Uh, I haven't seen this much excitement around one player since Fernando Tatis debuted with the San Diego Padres. And I see similarities there with the flair and the immense athleticism at shortstop. But this kid is already open to moving out of the diamond. He's already open to that. Debuted at third base, played some short yesterday. He'll, he'll go to the outfield and he'll be fine with that. This kid just wants to be in the big leagues and he wants to hit. And Albert Pulse last night was talking about how he didn't really know what his position was early on in his career, but he was just so happy to be in the big leagues. He just couldn't wait for his at-bats. He was happy. Whatever glove you gave him, he was happy to be in the outfield. This kid's the same way. The difference between Albert Pulse and, and almost everyone else, and I like the Eric Davis comparison, this kid is a switch hitter. Eric Davis was never a switch hitter. And he's 6'5", and he's got the fastest sprint speed in the minor leagues. Now, we, we've already tried to gauge how fast he is now in the big leagues in a small sample size. He's probably faster than Bobby Wood Jr. So you got the fastest player in the big leagues who's got the best exit velocity that we've seen in the minor leagues. Him and O'Neill Cruz, neck and neck. His first home run was at 115 miles an hour. 458 feet away. He already knows he's a superstar. He transforms the Reds. When I looked at the Cincinnati Reds going into the year, I've always tried to see if the team's got the makings of being that next great club. And, and the Baltimore Orioles, which everyone's excited about, they got Adley Rushman. He is the, the, the centerpiece position player that you need. And boy, is he good. You need that position player star. They got it. Grayson Rodriguez is supposed to be their win day guy, the, the ace that was going to come out of their farm system. He has struggled early on for the Baltimore Orioles. Mightily, he has. They sent it back down to the minor leagues. So that gives me pause as to whether or not the Baltimore Orioles are this juggernaut. Because I think that's the recipe. Your farm system has to produce your best position player and your ace, win day guy, side young, good guy guy. I look at the Reds with Ellie De La Cruz now as that best position player, and Hunter Green is someone they've just locked up to an extent. He's going to be around a long time. He's got the best fastball, average fastball velocity in the game from a starting pitcher. He's just figuring it out. He's going to be really, really good. I feel like the Reds are, and I know it doesn't look like it right now because the Orioles have a better record, but I think the Reds have more staying power to turn it around and become a force in a playoff team than even the Baltimore Orioles. That's how exciting the Reds are as we sit here in June and they're still under 500. 
this one kid's arrival has changed the way we look at them. Greg, of course, we're happy that the Cardinals were able to pick up a win yesterday, but that was the only win that they were able to pick up during this road trip. It still seems like there's a lot of questions surrounding this team. And just based off the comments that we've had in recent days from the manager, Ali Marmol, and even John Mosellock as well, it looks like, I mean, even John Mosellock said the other day, he said, if the solution is outside the organization, then they're in trouble. So it seems like it's going to have to come internally. What do you think they can do internally to just get things back on track? I know that we keep asking about that, but you even have possibly with some of the outfielders coming back with Dylan Carlson, we don't know about Tyler O'Neill, but that doesn't even seem like that would be enough to turn things around. I agree, Brooke. I, I, I think internally uh, doesn't shake it up, and that's exactly what has to happen. You know, uh, in my 15 years covering the sport at MLB Network, I, I never really understood as a kid. I was always like, oh, I got excited for trades, you know. I just got so into them. I remember when the Cardinals traded for Denny Wally. You should Google Denny Wally. He had a mustache. Must, great, uh, that great. was a Bob Force trade, wasn't it? Yes, yes, Randy. Thank you. You know, this really crazy, like a left-handed Tom Brunansky batting stance. But I remember as a kid, so excited that the Cardinals went out and got a bat. Denny Walling, he's a former Astro. And I just thought it was the coolest thing. And I was just like, if I was ever a GM, I'd be trading everybody. And, you know, we have a five-game losing streak. Yeah, you know, we got a five-play trade to announce today. You know, I was, I was so into it. And then I, and I realized later that it is, it is a, an emotional thing. It is like a traumatic thing. And, and the best example of that was when the Padres acquired Josh Hader last year. It was gut-wrenching for the Milwaukee Brewers to have their best closer, their best pitcher. I know they had Corbin Burns and Peralta and all these other guys that could get people out of the rotation. But the most dominant reliever they had was the best reliever in baseball at the time. And that really did shake things up. And, and I'm not saying it worked. I don't think that was the right move at the time. But sometimes shipping players to another team, players that you've formed friendships and bonds with, it, it, it's, it's just an ugly way of getting something done. And I, I just don't think demoting guys to the minor leagues shakes things up. I think a trade is something that has to happen for this organization to realize the present state of affairs is not good enough. I, I know they all recognize that, but the, the harsh reality of a family having to pick up and move sometimes really is a wake-up call. So I would be shocked if they went through this thinking the internal answer is the only one because there is still big money on this roster. And if you've got big money, you're win now in St. Louis, and the Cardinals need to pretend that they are. Craig, we talked about analytics with Tampa, and we've talked a lot about analytics here because the Cardinals seem to be hung up on them. But I think back to Tony Gwynn when I look at a guy like Luis Arise, who's hitting over 400 and has the seventh lowest hard hit percentage in Major League Baseball. To me, there's still a spot for that guy that can, a left handed hitter that can dunk the ball over the shortstop into left, doesn't have to slug, doesn't have to hit home runs every time. If you can get your bat on the ball, you can still hit. And I think Luis Arise, who, by the way, led the American League in hitting last year, he's the perfect example. He is. I would love to ask you this question, okay? Mm-hmm. Luis Arise is hitting 403, and here we are, June 8th. He's on pace to hit three home runs and driving 77 and strike out only 26 times, by the way, which is bananas crazy good, okay? Is Luis Arise the MVP of the Marlins? Jorge Soler is hitting 243. He's on pace to hit 44 home runs and driving 93. 
So who's the most valuable player? If at the end of the year, both players literally do that. Let's just say Luis Arise is 403 with three home runs and 77 RBIs. Luis Arise does not hit 44 home runs and drive in 97 like Jorge Soler. Who's more valuable, Randy, Soler or Arise? I think this is a fantastic question. And I believe because of their lack of slugging, that I, I think Solaire is. I, I, w- I would take Solaire because I think that they have other guys on that particular team that can get on base and, and they don't have anybody else to slug like Solaire does. So let's think about that for a second. If Luisa Rise hits 400, he hits 400. He's not the most valuable player. Forget National League MVP. We're not talking about Ted Williams getting robbed of an MVP when he hit 400. We're not talking about that. We're saying that Luisa Rise, because I agree with you, unfortunately, Luisa Rise is not the most valuable player on his own team, and he hit 403. Think about the media buzz about a guy hitting 403, but he's not the MVP, which means what if he's not the MVP? He doesn't get paid hmm. like Jorge Soler. There you go. And until players are paid to win batting titles, like they're paid to hit the ball as hard as they can out of the stadium – Guys don't want to do it. Juan Soto had five hits last night for the first time in his career. Juan Soto is the best left-handed hitter in baseball. I've seen them all. He's the best left-handed hitter in baseball. He's not trying to win a batting crown anymore. He should be a triple crown kind of guy. All he cares about is exit velocity, barrel percentage, and on-base percentage. He doesn't care if his team wins. He doesn't care if he gets a base hit with the bases loaded two outs in the ninth. If he hits a rocket right at the first baseman who catches it, Ding, 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 mission accomplished, okay? he That's getting him paid. The front offices are determining why all of these players are obsessed with analytics. It's the front offices. They're the ones paying these players. So if you're not going to compensate a guy for striking out 26 times in 149 games and hitting 403, why are all these young guys going to be obsessed with doing it? That is the chasing our tail problem with baseball. And Greg, to your point, hard hit percentage, again, a rise, seventh lowest in baseball, Juan Soto fourth highest in baseball. There you go. And he's going to get $400 million. Yep. Luis Arise might get a hundo. He might get a hundred. <laughs> But that's a big difference between $400 million and $100 million. That is what we're talking about. Anything else, Greg? Uh, I, I think we got to let you go because you got to go play golf today, don't you? <laughs> you know, there's a haze. We'll see. <laughs> oh, Yesterday, oh, I was going to yeah, I went there. It's a quick story, quick story. So I, I walked up to my country club. I'm like, hey, can I just you know walk nine holes? I go, Greg, we're about to close the course because of the smoke. Everyone's wearing a mask. Like, you should go. And I'm like, can you close it after I start? And they're like, are you serious? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not kidding. Can you mind? They're like, uh, good luck. So I, I probably gave my kid, myself cancer, no joke. <laughs> but it was such a beautiful, peaceful thing to walk around the property of 36 holes and not be the only human. Be the only human. It was part of my dreamy day that ended with working with Albert Pools. Was it was all it, full circle for you, Randy? All full circle. Was it hard to find the ball? I, I've seen pictures of this this smoke on TV. It looks really bad, mm-hmm. Greg. I don't think you should have been outside. But since you were, were you? able to at least find your ball uh you know um i've had a problem finding my ball my 
football career. Okay. That's the least of my worries. I just looked at it this way. I think I think it made my voice a little lower. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. You know, it was a great day. It was a great experience just to see no one out there. I really enjoyed that. Not that I'm anti-social, but I'm not on social media for a reason, I guess. Hey, the, the, I guess I'm only social on your show, guys. <laughs> Greg, the, the best days, and, and I'm the same way, and here we, we're people that talk all the time. The best days are being on a golf course where you feel like it's your own, right? It's, oh, it's so great. And not that I, I don't want to see people and talk to them, but I really don't want to see people and talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, thanks for doing this. Thanks for the TV show Sunday night, and people can see it at 101ESPN.com, and there's a, a bottle of Cabernet on the way. Oh, you're a sweetheart. I, I wore my best put, my best button down. Not being in a suit was awkward, but I tried my best for you, Randy. You're the best. Thanks, brother. <laughs> hey, take care, guys. See you later. That's Greg Amsinger, MLB Network on 101 ESPN. He is terrific at what he does. Greg is awesome. And yeah, uh, he, he and Albert together. You want to just watch a Cardinal show. It's, that's, that's what you're going to have on national TV.